All right, let's get right back into it. Catherine Swift, John Turley Ewart, and Buzz Hargrove. And, uh, you know, having discussed just before the break this cancellation of the Cap and Trade Act, and uh, they've called it the Cap and Trade Cancellation Act. <laughs> they say uh, they're delivering on a promise to make life more affordable for Ontario families. Uh, Ontario's government for the people. You know, Buzz, I mean, that's a clever uh, moniker, the government for the people, but it reflects Doug as a populist. And, you know, populism seems to be uh, rearing its head and sowing its oats. I mean, Trump stateside, you've got a number of countries in guy Europe. In Brazil, guy in Brazil just elected on the... Yeah. No, so how do you account for the rise well, in populism? You certainly can't deny it's happening. It's, Why, uh, though? It's Why happening. is it? Um, and uh, I, I would just suggest that the, the, the political leadership have moved so far away uh, from the rank-and-file members of the political parties now that people are looking for something different, always something uh, they're looking for something that's going to uh, satisfy so there's a disconnect, whatever concerns. A disconnect with the elites. There is a, a disconnect with the leadership. Uh, I don't call them elites. I don't. I never thought the leadership of political parties were elitist, although some of them uh, could be described that way. But generally, the the, the leadership of the parties have lost uh, lost touch. Lost well, touch. This is the first time I've heard Buzz channeling Mark Stein. That that was his <laughs> argument that there was a disconnect between the elite and 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 voters. And uh, well, I think that's clear. You just you you look at uh, in Brazil the latest example where Lula, the form, former president, that everybody uh, agrees that he's the guy that really turned the economy around in Brazil, and he was urging them to vote. For the left candidate, and they voted against the left candidate. And he's so, in jail, Lulu. And he's in jail, yeah. He's still the most popular politician in Brazil. But if we bring it back to our politics, I mean, part of the challenge is that you, you have political leaders have, who have been, I would argue, patronizing usual, uh, regular voters for far too long. Remember the beer and popcorn uh, uh, mm. comment that came out of the liberals? That still exists in a lot of uh, you know p- political parties today. And and it's it's basically we know what's best for for voters and in a democracy that's not the way Too it much works. Much of that, absolutely. And totally and so agree. you know you have to you have to move with the people. You have to bring the people with you. Once you start getting ahead of the people, that's when you get uh, opportunities like Doug Ford has uh, to to start actually jumping in and representing folks who feel uh, their voice is not being heard. And I think too a lot of we've seen a lot of governments uh, follow agendas that don't benefit people. Um, and they see their cronies benefit, you know, some of the energy policies, we're going to talk carbon taxes or whatever, have definitely, you know, showed that. A lot of liberals, for example, under the mcginty Wynn uh, regimes um, made out like bandits on uh, in various ways from some of the, but, some but of the environment, the Green Energy cl- Act sure, and so on. But there's another classic example here. That's the NDP. They've forgotten about the working class. Mm-hmm. I mean, they, they basically hang around with, uh, you know, university students all day and seem to talk about, you know, rather strange... Uh, uh, you know, policies that have little connection with working people. And and this is a serious problem for the NDP, both provincially and federally. I mean, federally, I think they're in a much worse shape. Uh, you know, um, Mr. Singh is not resonating with uh, <laughs> the folks on the prairies or the, or the working class people across the country because he doesn't speak to them. He talks about, you know, individuals that they don't even know or understand, uh, you know, talking about various, you know, uh, transsexual human rights issues, gender issues, all that kind of stuff. And it's not to say that stuff's not important, but it's all about bread and butter. You know, if you're the NDP, you're a socialist party. He's the head head of the federal NDP party, and I heard today, or yesterday, I guess, he was calling for the debate to be canceled, uh, the Monk uh, debates to be be canceled. Here's a party that, for all of my adult life until 20 years ago, uh, was the promoter of free speech and a promoter of 
uh, of the, the, the getting ideas out there and letting people bash them around and coming up uh, to conclusions that are generally good for people because you listen to other people, but exactly. now they don't want to listen anymore. But that's the, key, that's the key part. Why don't they want these debates to occur? Because they argue... Average people can't figure it out. They'll be running out into the streets outside of Metro Hall and like tearing down the King Street project, you know, setting it on flames. Might be a good thing. Like, but but it's that kind of patronizing attitude that, frankly, is 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 not good for democracy and makes me wonder. Like, I would like to see a strong NDP that represents working class interests in this country. I think it's good to have that voice. That voice isn't there, and the Liberals, I would argue, federally are torn because they're a party that speaks to big business uh, and likes to govern from the center, but they're trying to figure out how to talk to the working class, and it's not in their DNA. It's just not there. You know, I'm kind of curious. You brought it up, uh, Buzz, and this was something that we talked about with Mark Stein, uh, the question of uh, Steve Bannon coming to debate uh, David Frum. Friday night, Monk debate at Roy Thompson Hall, and uh, the NDP Charlie Angus, you know, saying cancel this thing it's uh inappropriate because bannon represents the worst of all evils you know you can go through the laundry list of isms you know he's a fascist he's a homophobe he's a sexist he's a misogynist blah 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 you know and he's responsible for donald trump and so on and so forth want you to listen then get a comment in here from everybody uh this is what mark stein had to say on a matter of cancellation free societies do not recoil from debate and this idea that there is a connection between between vigorous speech between Steve Bannon speaking to... I, I spoke to that crowd. They're upscale Toronto liberals. The idea that they're going to bust out of that place because they've heard a speech by me or Steve Bannon and go and torch Rosedale is completely <laughs> preposterous. There you, there you go. I guess he's more or less uh, saying what everybody around the table, Catherine, you haven't weighed in yet, but I mean, this is, do you see it as a dangerous development where somebody actually has the temerity to suggest we ought to be canceling somebody they don't agree with ideologically? To- totally. And, and this is, this is not new, of course. We've seen more and more of this over the last little while. Uh, where everybody's in their echo chamber, and I include, you know, both sides of the political spectrum there. And respectful debate is is such a cornerstone, and it's such a key part of freedom in general. And I guess what really bugs me is that you, you know, the more you try to squelch opinion, whoever's it happens to be, the the less freedom you have. And and it's I, I think this is just an absurd. Uh, um, development uh, for this, you know, this issue of this particular debate going on in Toronto, but it's it's been worrisome for quite some time now, uh, and it's it's certainly not helpful. And I I wonder, I, you know, you've got to ask yourself. Why does this seem to be reaching a bit of a fever pitch right now? I think social media has its role because every fruitcake with a you know nut, mm. nutty idea can be on <laughs> can uh-huh. be on social media, and they'll and they'll get a following there. So you know a lot of these so, opinions so, so, get more airing than they really deserve. So, so let me give a, th- a theory on why this is getting uh, a lot of attention right now. It's because this clampdown on free speeches have been occurring on our university campuses for a long time. Mm-hmm. That's why, and so we see this happening now outside the monk debate. The folks who are trying to shut down the monk debate are the same ones who are actually succeeding in shutting down debate on our universities. And we saw the example at Laurier that I talked about before, that, that university. Uh, you, you see it in, right across the country. It's shocking. It's shocking because what you see is administrators who have no backbone. Laurier's president doesn't want free speech. She wants better speech. To me, that is that is horrendous to have a president of a Canadian university 
put an op-ed in the Globe and Mail that was frankly unreadable, and her main line was, we want better speech, not free speech. And that, she's going to define better speech. Though. Exactly. That's the, and yeah. so, so you think about what people fought and died for in this country, and today you have a president of a university in this country saying they want better speech and not free speech. That's why this debate has to happen um, with, with uh, Bannon and with David Frum, because we don't need to be patronized. We have the ability to think for ourselves and to make up our own minds. And it's about time people, including people in the university, stop patronizing us. You know, it's interesting because there was here, here. A, a list of the groups that were supporting Charlie Angus's call to cancel Bannon, and that included the Students Association of Ontario, you know, the uh, University Student Associations. And I was gobsmacked. I thought, geez, you know, schools are supposed to be fertile grounds for opening discussion and exchange of ideas and so on and so forth. Buzz, you're at Ryerson. I mean, uh, do you have any sense for what's going on there in terms of, uh, or would you even want to say publicly? Well, we have a we have a small number of people, not a lot, including some of the uh, the uh, faculty uh, that would put an, an end to some of the debates that take place. Some of the people that are invited, they'd like to invite their own uh, people, which is beyond uh, my wildest imagination. Why uh, we would want not want our young people to hear the both sides of every debate. That's out there uh, today. That's uh, if you see uh, the uh, crowd, uh, the Bannon uh, from debate is sold out. I'm told it's not going to be televised, although it's going to be streamlined. I think. Yeah, it will. Yep. Was, uh, but uh, it should be televised. If it's that popular, it should be televised because people can see what these people are saying and draw their own conclusions. I'm kind of curious because you sort of alluded to it a while back, uh, 20 years ago. So there was a change. Why did you part company with the NDP? They threw me out uh, <laughs> uh, for the very, very reason we're talking about here. Uh, that's when uh, uh, they threw me out about 15 years ago. 20 years ago is when they started challenging uh, people like me who arose in opposition to some of the things they were trying uh, to do or trying to uh, to, to sell. Um, and uh, the party started to shift, and they've, they've thrown out other people for speaking out. Uh, and that's just not the party I joined. So when they threw me out, they done me a favor. At least they couldn't bash me because I was an NDP. Or they bashed me then just because I was whoever a, a progressive. But you yeah. know, John nailed it a few weeks back when he said, uh, "You know, you didn't abandon the party. The party abandoned you." Well, I abandoned the party. I think I think it's fair to say in terms of some of the things like this free speech uh, yeah. argument. I always believed, and I always followed Tommy Douglas. He believed. Uh, whether you agreed with someone or not, they should have the right to speak, right to make their case. Uh, and if they can't make it, fine. If they do make it, then you're you better uh, take a look at what you're what you're selling. If they can sell something better than you. Wow, that was well sold. Uh, let's come back in a moment. I've got more where that came from. It has to do with data mining and whether or not Canadians are too compliant and complacent. John Turley, Ewart, Buzz Hargrove, and Catherine Swift on the Oakley Show, Global News Radio, six forty Toronto.